You're listening to the PWBA Podcast, the show about the current superstars and legends of the Professional Women's Bowling Association. Join Bold TV's Neil Williams Jr. and Aaron Smith as they bring you a collection of stories, history, and the latest happenings from the best women bowlers in the world. is the top of the hour and we all know what that means it is time for another episode of the pwba podcast specifically it is episode 13 uh my name is emil williams jr of course live right here on bowl tv big thanks to all of you for joining us and those who will join us throughout uh the next hour and some change uh always uh joined by aaron a a ron smith and uh Aaron, it was a momentous weekend. Uh, we celebrated, of course, mothers across the world. Uh, I know you were uh, feverishly buying some flowers last week. So did everyone uh, get their gifts on time? Uh, still waiting for one set of flowers to arrive. So, and that's to to my mother. So, no, I'm not uh, <laughs> not firing on, on all cylinders right now. But uh, they they are in in route. Uh, Florida is a very popular place for flowers. Uh, so hopefully those will be on the way, but got, got a chance to talk with, with, uh, my mom for a little bit yesterday. So she, she understood, but, uh, obviously for you, the, uh, first mother's day in the Williams household for, uh, Trey and Shanice. So how was that? No, it was great. It was, it was really good. Uh, you know, I did some flower shopping myself, uh, last couple of days, got a, a cool gift and obviously was just able to share with the wife. There's, you know, wasn't much, of course, that we could really do and, you know, normal plans were certainly adjusted, uh, if that makes sense. So, uh, but it was it was nice to uh, to to just you know have this opportunity to to share in that, and you know the kid was all fun and games as he, as he normally is, and <laughs> you know we even I even got a gift, or I should say uh, Shanice uh, received a gift from Trey as well as me, so that was good. He's and such a gentleman. He is. It's probably it won't be the last time. I, I think is how it's going to go. So now I'm anxiously looking forward to Father's Day. So I, as you I, should, I, I can't I can't wait. Like I'm I'm finally in this club, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Excellent, excellent. Indeed. So uh, without further ado, again, episode 13, uh, we've got a great guest, of course, and you may have heard of her. It's possible uh, she has had a career that has certainly withstood the test of time, spanned across multiple decades, uh, and one of the greatest to ever do it. 27-time professional titles, 27 titles, that is, on the PWBA Tour, and we will open up with a clip from the PWBA at Las Vegas Open. This took place back in 2018. By the way, she is none other than Leanne Holsenberg. Uh, no specific um, you know, situational ties to this clip, but uh, Aaron, I know you'd like the end result. It is, yes. It's, uh, it's a fun clip. South Point, I always love Las Vegas. and uh, It's always fun to see Leanne throw strikes because it does cool things like this. Get over there. Come oh, on. Come oh, on. Get oh. out. Bang. <laughs> there it is. So with that, Emil, let's bring her in. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the PWBA USBC Hall of Famer herself, Leanne Holsenberg. Leanne, how are you? Hi, guys. That was the slowest rolling messenger I've ever seen. <laughs> the important thing, though, is you get messengers because I don't. So I'm very jealous of that. And so I, I think they used to be a little faster, but I think that's an old age messenger. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to get to that that show in, in just a little bit, but we do want to start off with uh, you know how have you and the family 
uh, been during the during the past few months. Of course, the the country and the world has been dealing with uh, COVID, of course, and it's been different in in various states. So, how have things been with you and your family and in Utah? Um, you know what? Everything's been pretty good here. Gary and I talk often about uh, we haven't been affected a whole bunch per se. Um, we're still working. Uh, we're here at Storm, and we're still working. Uh, and he normally travels a lot and he hasn't traveled. So that's kind of a nice thing for him and we're still married. So that's a good thing, you know, so, uh, our son was sick. Yeah. Our, our (laughs) son was sick, uh, early last week of March, Barrett got sick. And so that kind of freaked us out because he had a lot of the same symptoms, you know, and I don't know if it was just us hitting the panic button, but he doesn't really get sick. Like he's a pretty healthy kid. So that scared us. And so he had pneumonia actually for a good week. And then a week of like the lingering cough. And then right after he got better, I got sick and everyone at work was like, you have to get tested, you know, and I got tested and I was negative. So that was good. But I think it's just weird. Like you automatically think, Oh, I I'm sick. So I have the COVID, you know, Yeah. just Mm -hmm. was a little scary, but, um, we're all fine. We're hanging in there and, uh, we're enjoying some family time and, you know, just enjoying being home. Did you guys have a nice, uh, mother's day? We did. And I wanted to tell you, Aaron, that I made my mom this really nice photo book for, uh, mother's day and Gary's mom, a really nice photo book. And my mom didn't get hers either. So you're not the only one. So (laughs) we're in the same boat then so disappointing and uh email you did a good job happy happy first mother's day to your wife and good job getting the present from trey that's good move on your part yes yes i uh yeah i try to do what i can i've I've learned over the years and you know just paying attention like uh, what 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 we should do so so i'm just looking forward to you know next month and uh hopefully (laughs) hopefully trey will return the favor Right, you set, it, you set yourself up. You had the first go, so now you set the precedent for yes. the holidays. So good move for you. Yes, we had a good day. We went, um, we went for a little hike. The weather was really nice. It was about eighty degrees yesterday, so it was nice and warm. So the only way I can pretty much get the family out for a hike is, you know, the Mother's Day excuse. So uh, I like getting outside more than they do. And so we went for a, a beautiful hike and then they made me dinner and uh, they promised me a small getaway when things start to open up a little bit. So we were looking at like the national parks in Utah and none of them are really open yet. And we thought it's still kind of weird to want to go somewhere. So we're going to table that for another month or so. Excellent. Excellent. That's uh, that's great news. And uh, happy Mother's Day or happy belated Mother's Day to all uh, of, of everyone's uh, moms, fans, and whoever may be watching, certainly on Bowl TV. Uh, by the way, folks, if you have some questions in the chat, please be sure to drop them in. We will get to those at a couple of points uh, within the show. Uh, speaking of shows, the Storm social media team and uh, the marketing squad, obviously, Leanne, yourself, been involved with a ton of live shows. They've been great. Uh, shout out to you guys for, for uh you know, almost kind of kickstarting, you know, kind of the, the, mm-hmm. the content from a bowling perspective uh, on, on Facebook and across social media. Talk about uh, some of your favorite shows, moments to this point, and uh, kind of how, you know, the setups have gone, you know, home setups for some of the things you guys do. Line dancing with Kelly, for example. <laughs> yeah, we've had a, I cannot take any credit for creating the shows. Gary 
was kind of like, this is going to totally affect the bowling industry, you know, because events are canceled. None of us can go anywhere. You know, your guys' events were canceled. All, a lot of our storm events were canceled. The pro tours were canceled. So he said, we really need to come up with something to keep everyone connected. And so he started the storm morning shows and then they evolved into some afternoon and then a couple evening ones. And I've taken like a very small part. We started off with the ladies tour um, because the men were like coming home from the world series and stuff like that. So we started with the ladies. And so I volunteered to interview them and talk to them and they were a lot of fun. And, um, and then we got creative and did a, a couple different things with just to get to know the players and stuff. So Kelly's were really good and she is an awesome, uh, teacher. <laughs> I don't know that, uh, I was a very good uh, line dancer, but she was a good teacher. And I think everyone enjoyed seeing that side of her and, and, you know, Kelly's serious on the lanes and, you know, even though she's friendly in the bowling center, I don't think people know, you know, what she does off the lane. So that was fun to do that. Uh, we had some educational seminars for with Hank Boomershine, and he's very smart. And I think all the techie people out there loved his his uh, happy hour with Hank. What else did we do? We had we brought in some. One of my favorite ones was Mike Alby. He uh, is such a nice man, and he's you know a genuine class act. And he talked about everything else that he does. So you know the photography, and he does the Hall of Fame and the Gold Bowling. So that was a fun show to just watch. I'll, I'll sit at my desk and just turn it on and just listen to the shows because they're in the conference room uh, talking with all of the guests. And they just um, Skype them in. I guess the software that, that Gary uses um, is Skype is more compatible than I, I, I've kind of done a few shows for around and everyone uses something different. So. Mm -hmm. uh, um, all the shows are great. And then everyone else just kind of followed, right? Like everyone uh, is doing great. It, like the whole bowling industry is doing shows. So it's fun to watch everybody. It certainly is. And uh, obviously the big part is getting to know the bowlers, uh, kind of getting to see the other side of them. As you mentioned with Kelly, you know, we, we get to see the on-lane tenacity, but often don't get to see the other side. Uh, so for you, if you had like an all-time top guests you could ever request bowling and non-bowling uh who would that be you know you didn't ask that question you gave me all my prep questions here <laughs> but you, so i knew what yeah. i was in for and Aaron, are you sneaking one in on there you know um wow i you know that's a tricky one because there was a lot of good bowlers i think i would like to talk to somebody like Marion Ladwig or Dick Weber, somebody who has, you know, such a good um, resume and uh, just the persona and all that. Like, I, I think that would be good for people nowadays. I mean, I'm big on kind of teaching the youth the history of bowling and, and trying to ha never let them forget, like, the superstars of bowling. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's important for people to remember it. And, you know, Marion Ladwig, I never knew her. And I, I think that would be interesting because she's done so much in bowling. I don't really know anything about her. So that would have been kind of a fun get to know. Yeah, I didn't agree more. 
Absolutely. Uh, speaking of kind of kind of dream guests or, or people you'd love to talk to, uh, you're in the finals of the uh, Ultimate Queens Bracket Challenge. That uh, uh, give a shout out to Aaron Smith for for the concept and the idea of uh, putting that together. Um, and you're facing Kelly, of course. Uh, in, in this instance, you've won the Queens uh, back in 1999. Share some behind the scenes moments, uh, if you will, from from your win. Um, and then from a Kelly perspective, maybe maybe some memorable matches that you two uh, have had or, or moments, wherever they may be. Yeah, that's a fun contest. It was fun reminiscing. And I voted not just for myself, but I voted <laughs> for all the competitors. And I actually did it in a very logical bowler way. If they were a two-time titleist and they were facing a one-time titleist, I voted for the two-time titleist. If they were, you know, like I, I voted on the type of win it was. If it was really knowing a lot of them, if they, if they ran the stepladder, I voted for them. So it was kind of fun to vote every week. And I totally think I got lucky being at the end of the older bracket of 1999 because I don't know if a lot of the players that won in the 90s were recognizable. So I think I got lucky and I have no idea how I got through to face Kelly, but I think she's got me. So <laughs> well, votes are well, well, kids, you can vote for Leanne or Kelly uh, starting tomorrow. So uh, they'll be on the USBC uh, or excuse me, PWBA Facebook uh, story, Instagram story and Twitter, the places to vote for that. So but but Leanne will certainly a, a very formidable opponent for Kelly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the results from that. Uh, but to the second part of Emil's uh, question there, obviously, uh Kelly, you know, kind of got her start at the end of the first round of the tour, but obviously has been a, uh, a staple since then. So uh, for you, what have been some of, you know, your best matchups with her? Uh, you know, I was looking today because the one uh, I looked at, I've been watching a lot of videos just to get some info for a lot of our interviews here at Storm, but um, I-, I bowled Kelly it might have been the first time I bowled her, even though it says she joined the tour in 2001. But I, I, I'm pretty sure this was 2003, the U.S. Open in uh, Michigan, the Detroit area. And she won that tournament. And she bowled me, Carolyn, Michelle Feldman, and Wendy to win her first title. And it was the U.S. Open. But in our match which was either the first or second match, we tied because she missed a 10 pin in the 10th frame. All she had to do was spare to win. So she missed a 10 pin, which I have done as well. So I'm not saying that was easy to do, Mm -hmm. and especially for a major tournament and her first title. And then, um, so after, so she sat her 10th frame or she, well, I sat during her 10th frame and then she started the roll off. She struck. And then I think it was, I was sitting, so I was slow, and I went high on the first shot and spared it, and then I went high and left the three six nine ten and spared it. So all she had to do was get like eight spare, eight spare eight to win. So she, but that was a good match, and that was uh, a few times that I have bowled her, and I don't know what our record is, but that was a good win for her. 
Well, we know you have a uh, one particular win against her, and that'll come up a little bit later in the broadcast. But uh, you know, you, you rattled off some of the names in that step ladder, and that was a uh, you know to, to get any title, let alone a U.S. Women's Open title, against you know that caliber of player is just very impressive. So for you, uh, you know, kind of during your time on tour, uh, you know, who were your toughest opponents to face uh, in those situations? Um, you know, I get that question a lot. They say, who is your big rival on tour? And I don't, I've never really had one specific person that I could actually name. I don't like bowling or whatever. And so I, I, I often, I think like, who did I bowl? And I think I was, I was around a lot. So I bowled against, um, Nikki Giannullius a lot when I first came out on tour. And I think after thinking about this question a lot, I think it was probably um, because the lane, like we like the same type of patterns, like, cause we both hooked it a little bit. So I bowled her a lot. I also bowled Lisa Wagner when I first came out on tour. And then I bowled, um, we just had Wendy on our show. And so I was looking up clips for Wendy and I didn't realize how often I bowled against Wendy. So I bowled her and then probably Kim Adler I bowled against a lot and she was pretty, you know, fierce. She wasn't um, friendly, super friendly. She was very much a game face, you know, like some people are your friends. So when you bowl against them, you know, you're like given five and, you know, winner buys dinner or type of thing, you know, but um, some people were very, very competitive and game face. And that was Kim Adler and uh, Wendy. And I think she was, extremely work, you know, job to do type of thing. So Michael Jordan esque. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good, you know, like that's uh, probably why she won so many times. Yeah, yeah. I've been Aaron and I've been watching the last dance a lot. It's been my, my go to look forward to on Sundays. And uh so when you when you said that just just straight ahead, we're not we're not playing any games <laughs> I just instantly thought of him and in, in that yeah. in that proper attitude. Yeah, true competitor. Um, from the from that standpoint, obviously the tour folds, of course, and relaunched in 2015, and then a few years later, of course, in 2019, uh, the first PWBA Hall of Fame uh, is back in more than 15 years. Uh, I'm curious what what was the wait like, and you know, you can never assume that you were going to get in, but I'd have to imagine that you know you, you thought at some point that you would get in, but you just weren't sure if it was going to, if there was going to be a tour to have that happen. So what was that wait like? Um, you know what, honestly, I didn't really think about it because, um, well, obviously the tour had ended. So there was a, a long absence and then the tour was back a couple of years and there was just like small little comments about, we should bring back the hall of fame. And so I didn't really think about it. So I was honestly, uh, very surprised when Chad called and, um, and it was a little tricky because he said, uh, I have a speaking engagement I'd like you to to attend, you know. So he didn't say anything about it being a whole thing. <laughs> and then he went on and said, you're the guest of honor type of thing and all that. But um, it was a nice surprise because I wasn't, like, waiting for it or, or thinking about it. And actually, when I was competing and they actually had the Hall of Fame, I didn't really think about that either because I was more like, week to week, you know, you just try to make the cut. And I don't think I ever really had like end all goals per se, like career goals for, for one thing. Yeah. I, I still felt like I was right in the middle of my career when the tour ended. So I didn't really, it wasn't, I never really felt like I was coming to the end of my career and it ended so quickly. So I didn't really 
think about career goals, mostly like week to week and then year, you know, maybe bowler of the year type things. I think earlier that day um, at the USBC Women's Championships, and you shot 300. Uh, so, so what what was that like just to even begin the day? And then obviously later the the uh, the the ultimate uh, uh, honor you, you had. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it was really cool. Um, just, you know, I was bowling with my friends. Uh, but it was really early in the morning. It was, I think our squad was at... Uh, eight o'clock i think was our squad time so it was that game was game two and it was you know probably at nine o'clock i was bowling that so still early i was probably really not thinking about bowling as much because i was you know knew the rest of the day was going to be busy and exciting and nerve-wracking so um it was fun and i hadn't bowled 300 in a long time so it, it had probably been three or four years since i bowled 300 and and it's always fun i was bowling with blair our double so it's pretty cool there is blair <laughs> and i think you know what we don't really talk about the 300 we talk about the 170 180 our first <laughs> game that we bowled and how we missed winning the doubles title so but it was a great memory and a great start to a wonderful day for us. My family was there, and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun. I, I will confirm that was the, the morning squad because I was, I was there for that. And you um, were there. It was yeah. very early, and we had a pretty hectic day the day before. So uh, that, that just continued on, but it was super cool because it was a big part of history. That was uh, – uh, I'll put on my women's championships hat for a moment. You became just the second player ever to have a 300 and an 800 at the tournament. So – uh, that was uh, pretty awesome to see. And, you know, of course, all the wins, basically the Grand Slam at the WC. So uh, it was definitely cool, especially knowing that the Hall of Fame banquet was happening later. Yeah, it was cool. Things like that, I think, are just meant to be. It was similar, not similar. Um, but, you know, like Tommy Jones, what a great story mm -hmm. uh, this year when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and bowls 300 to win the tournament. And, and I had to tell Darren Tang that because he beat Darren Tang and Darren was very dejected. And I said, you know, some things you just, they're going to happen and they're meant to be. And it's that person's time and it makes for a really good story. And, uh, you know, if you're around long enough, you know that some of those things just happen and they're really cool. Your speech was really great, by the way, uh, at the Hall of Fame. And I'm, I'm just curious because, you know, when you watch Hall of Fame ceremonies, you know the athletes always talk about their speech and just kind of, you know, what it took to even come up with and they don't want to leave people out. So how long did it take you to write your speech? Did you have to start over <laughs> a few times? Um, I think I started kind of thinking about it. I mean, it was easy to write. I think I wrote it. And then I added to it and it eliminated from it. And I didn't want to ramble on because I didn't want to take away from, you know, sure. Donna and Wendy, you know, and I know it's a long night for people. And I know that there's probably only really a few people who really care about what you're actually saying and the stories that you're telling, you know, but I wanted to have a theme. And my theme was like gratefulness, you know, for what the sport of bowling had given me. So I tried to just have a purpose for the speech instead of just rambling on and telling stories. And um, I hope that I did that. And I was really, I thought I was very impressed that there were so many players there. And I was, I thought that that was cool. And I'm really happy that I had a speech to maybe make them think, you know, like what 
bowling could do for you and if you do the right things and if you respect others and stuff like that. So I was really happy um, with the way it turned out. And it was a great night and the USBC and the PWBA did such a great job. And uh, it was probably one of the most special um, things to remember for my career bowling. I think one of the cool things we, we've heard from, from folks who were there that day uh, and Jason Thomas to Neil Milligan mentioned it often is that uh, Jason Overstreet, who emceed the event, would essentially read uh, the list of accomplishments from each of the players, you know, throughout the course of their great careers. And uh, I, I know both Jason and Tennille noted it's like the look looks on the players faces when they would hear all the TV shows, all the wins, just all the great accomplishments was just something that I, I think really struck a nerve with a lot of players is that, wow, this is. A, not only is this out here for us now, and it's awesome, and we have it again, but uh, but man, we have some big shoes to fill to get up to those numbers. Yeah, I do. I think that was great, and I thought um, Shannon O'Keefe and Stephanie were sitting behind me, and they actually came up to me after the thing, and they said it was so cool to watch Barrett, my son, watch the video because you know he only knows like U.S. Open on you know from where he was involved and. And I like the fact, the other funny thing was when they showed the video of, of past shows and they, they described me as like the bowler who used to hook the ball more than any other bowler, but the <laughs> ball really wasn't hooking compared to nowadays, you know, and uh, I, just, I just thought it was a great night and they, they did a great job. And, and um, you're right. I think it's important that they know, you know, the history of bowling and the bowlers who came before them so they could, A, strive to be that way and, or, you know, be as, you know, good and, and, and all that. And then just a little bit of respect, you know, for what the players came before them. Just want to sure. give a, a couple of shout outs. Um, let's see, Gary Ryan in, in the chat, just wanted to Hi, say, Gary. yeah, hello. Give a shout out to you. Um, Pamela Alvarez is in the chat you know, to know the family all as well. Hi, she said, Leanne and, We'll say hello to Jasmine, Chris, and everyone else who is watching currently uh, again on Bold TV. Thank you very much. Um, Aaron, did you have a question lined up? I, I know I cut you off. I do that a lot. No, that's all right. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can go on to the next one there, Mr. Williams, So, because uh, I know you were at this particular event, and I wasn't, so you had a, had a little bit better scope of the 2018 uh, Las Vegas Open. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, and, and we're going to get into uh, Liam. You just mentioned hooking the ball, so that's going to be uh, obviously a topic on our on our list. But uh, the 2018 Las Vegas Open, uh, I know for me personally, getting a chance to call it, you know, I, I don't know if I, um, I certainly imagine that I'd have the chance to call a a stepladder finals with someone like yourself and Liz Johnson involved and so for me personally i just want to thank you for that opportunity i hope it's not the last uh of course as well but um what was it like just kind of being back in the in the moment to where you had a chance to win a pwba title uh after obviously some years with without having that chance yeah it was very cool i mean i i wasn't on the tv show the whole tournament i was kind of in the top 10 but i had a really good feel for the pattern and the lanes and um, things just, it's one of those things, they just kind of matched up and, and were going well. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have any regrets on that. You know, I bowled really good the first game, but I wasn't really nervous and I was really focused on 
this is an opportunity that you don't have very often, you know, and your opportunities, I'm smart enough to know that they don't come around as often as they used to. And um, I don't know, it was really, it was, I enjoyed it and no regrets and things just didn't turn out, you know, but um, I don't know. I'm hoping to have a few more of those opportunities, but I, I know that they're less and less nowadays. Were there any uh, similarities to to previous shows? Obviously, this wasn't a uh, an, a TV show per se, from from the lighting, et cetera. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the the feels I imagine were somewhat similar. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you go from the tournament, this is where I always had trouble with my nerves and everything. The tournament is like everyone's bowling and everything's going, and then you stop and you do the step ladder, mm-hmm. and all eyes are on you. So. I didn't. I was never really one who enjoyed that, um, and I always got a little nervous. My hands got a little shaky from adrenaline and stuff. So, um, but I did feel comfortable. I had um, Dell Ballard is so cool, and he's been. You know, we've we've been friends for a long time. So he would just say some things, and uh, unfortunately, I can't really repeat the way he said them to me. But he's a very good motiv- motivator for you used to be able to do this. So he told me, you're Leanne Barrett, you know, like, and he, but there's a, there's a word in between Leanne and Barrett that <laughs> he was using to motivate me. <laughs> Insert but, here. <laughs> uh, he's like, you can do it, you know, and he's like, you're Leanne Blank and Barrett. You can, you can still do this. And so he had me just kind of laughing and, 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 you know, I mean, it helps to be relaxed when you're bowling and it was just, um, I really wanted it to happen. And I was like really excited and, uh, but, you know, it's okay. It's tough competition out there. Well, we'll have to talk to Dell about his language next time we see him. So. <laughs> you know, whatever works, right? Everyone has to be motivated in a different way. Certainly so. And, uh, you know, obviously to get to uh, where you've gotten to in your career, the motivation definitely was there. But, uh, you know, as you kind of alluded to, um, you know, kind of hooking the ball was kind of your thing. You could get farther left than most players. Um, just how did you really develop your own style and your own game? You know, I'm not really sure. Like I just, I, that's why I bowled when I was a kid. Like I just did that. I watched the men bowl a lot, you know, on Saturday mornings. And I just, it's kind of how I bowled. And people always told me to try not to hook it that much. And, you know, I had a good coach, uh, Bud and Rini Covington. Rini was our youth director in Fremont and her co- her husband, Bud, was my coach. And he just let me go and just, you know, gave me small tips here and there and everything. But um, I don't know. I mean, there's no, I think it was just the way I did it. I didn't really, my grandfather helped me a lot and he would just give me pointers, but I just, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> How about the nickname, uh, which, you know, from Boomer, for those who may not know, but uh, and I think I may have heard you tell a story about this before, but how did you uh, get the nickname and, and who, you know, kind of gave it to you? Yep. Well, when I went out on tour, I made friends very quickly with Nikki Giannullius and her roommate, Elaine Blomenberg, and they gave me the nickname. They're like, you boom the ball. And they just kept calling me you know, boomer and boomer and, you know, all that stuff. And I also, I lived in Oklahoma at that time. Uh, my fam, my dad worked for General Motors and we were transferred to Oklahoma. And so, you know, they're the boomer Sooners. So I think a lot of people put, put that together, but that wasn't really it, but you know, it was okay that they associated it that way. But, um, you know, and then over the years it, 
changed to, you know, nicknames from Boomer, you know, just Boomette and Boomer, <laughs> Boomer Ann. Kim, Kim Kearney calls me Boomer Ann and just, you know, affectionately named. But um, it's funny because Friday night, this past Friday, a couple of days ago, we had a Zoom call with uh, Kim and Cindy Coburn Carroll and Alita Sill and Nikki and Elaine. And we were all on this call together and it was the best thing ever. We started at uh, six o'clock my time and I got off at nine o'clock. So we had wow. a three hour Zoom call and we told a bunch of stories, you know, from way back and we jogged each other's memories and, and brought up a lot of stuff. So that was good, good times Friday night. Now, were they your roommates on tour or was that just kind of the, the group you guys generally hung out with? Uh, they they had a motorhome. Nikki always had like we had they had vans, and then eventually they were in the motorhome crowd. Alita had a motorhome, and Nick and Elaine had a motorhome. Um, Tish had a motorhome. Carolyn had a motorhome for a little while, but um, they were just kind of like my role models. You know, I really Nikki was from Northern California as well, and I didn't get to know her until I uh, went out on tour. But um, she was my idol, so for them to take me under their wing. And, and um, I just hung out with them a lot. I was never, I never roomed with them or anything, but I just hung out with them a lot. Are there any stories that you can share with us that, that are shareable uh, for, for the viewers, of course, that, you know, something that that's uh, funny and you could talk to. Oh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been more than 30 years since I started and bowled on tour. I went out on tour when I was very young, but um, we talked about Friday night. We talked about the time Alita was traveling with Nikki and Elaine and they stopped to get gas and they put the gas uh, nozzle in the motorhome, And then they went in to get food Uh-oh. and Alita was so happy. She got her food because she was hungry and they drove off with the gas attached to the motorhome, and it broke off, and the hose went off, and uh, stuff like that. And uh, we have so many funny stories. Going the wrong way on the freeway one time—not me, but Alita. <laughs> uh, just funny, funny. I mean, there's—I think that we really should have written a book, and it, it could be, you know, for sale nowadays. But. Um, I wish that's my one regret that I didn't like make like a journal, like a just kept a journal. We don't have Facebook back then, you know, like we don't have the funny memories that you can do. Mm -hmm. So I wish that I I had kept more of a journal because even now we, I realized that I don't remember half the stuff that happened. And when we get us all together and we talk about it, it really, it brings up all the fun times that we had. And, um, but I was a little bit on the boring side. I was like, go to the bowl, do my job, go back to my room. I didn't really go out. I didn't, I was very, like, I was very boring. I just kind of bowled. And so I don't really have a bunch of funny stories as far as that. We did have, this a bad story, but um, Lisa Wagner had checked, Lisa Wagner and her roommate had checked into a hotel and there was a man under the bed. Like it was, they had, he was like a, a hotel employee or something and they realized that he was in there and they left. So these are things that I share with the young girls. Now I'm like, you better check in your room and check under your bed and check in the, you know, before you check in. So this, wow. yeah, I know it's scary for the women Very much. You know, traveling by themselves and stuff, but um, yeah, just random stories. You know, we have a lot of fun times. We had, we had a really, that's the biggest difference between the tour 
nowadays and the tour back then. Back then, we had six and eight week uh, fall tour, spring tour, stuff like that. So we were on the road that whole time. We would bowl. Our tournaments were four and five days long. And then we would travel. And then we'd have a laundry practice day. And then we start the whole thing again. So we actually had time to hang out together. And we had birthday parties and and stuff like that. So we, our group of women did a lot of things together. We went to baseball games. We would do a lot of fun things. And the tour uh, nowadays is shorter and they fly in and out and they probably don't have time to experience all the good, good things that they, they could be doing, you know? So um, I feel bad about that, but. One item you mentioned uh, just re- regarding all of the, some of those players that that kind of took you in as a, as a, and mentored you. How important is that aspect uh, kind of where you are today to helping some of the younger players uh, on tour now? Ah, that's a great question. I, it's very important. One of my first roommates was Jeannie Nakarado. She was Jeannie Maiden then. Mm-hmm. And uh, she taught me, I roomed with her and she was probably 10, 10 or 12 years older than me. And she taught me how to write thank you notes to the uh, center owners and the sponsors. She taught me that if you won a tournament, you should probably send flowers to the bowling center or some sort of appreciation gift to say thank you for hosting the tournament. Um, she just, her and Robin Romeo taught me, you know, just all the things, how to be a good professional, basically, you know, and the men, the PBA had PBA school. And I don't know if they taught them, you know, the manners and, you know, the off the lanes things in PBA school, but the women didn't have that. So I thought it was important that the, our role models taught us how to be a good professional and respect. And, um, and that's what I try to do. We have a lot of young staffers on our storm and rotogrip staff here, and I try to help them and I offer any, um, you know, advice or if they need anything, I let them know, you know, I'm here for them and I can help them in any way, you know. Shout out to Jeannie and Robin, two of my favorite folks to see every year at the women's championships, senior Queens, wherever it may be. So, uh, but uh, I I can definitely see see them being just great mentors in that. Um, We we talked a little bit about Northern California as well uh, and kind of how was that in, how is that particular influence on your game? We've we've heard a lot of stories about uh, California, you know, and the young bringing up a lot of a lot of young bowlers the right way. So, how did that community kind of impact your your game and your career? Well, when I was growing up, we had very strong youth bowling in Northern California. We had um, holiday tournaments, so every holiday there was like a three day weekend team doubles singles tournament, North and South um, in California. And then, but the women that I grew up with, like I bowled doubles with Wendy McPherson in the California state tournament in like 1982. So, and we had Linda Norrie, who is now Linda Norrie Barnes. We had uh, Tish Johnson, who is from Napa and Nikki Junulius. And we, uh, Kim Terrell was from San Francisco and I was from this South Bay, which was Fremont. And then Wendy and then Dee Dee Davidson also is from Northern California. So, a bunch of hall of famers all in the same area. And we had great um, male um, bowlers that were really good. And we just had a, a lot of youth bowling in Northern California. And then in Southern California, we had Amory Dugan and, uh, you know, players from there. And we just had a lot of great competition and a lot of tournaments to bowl. So I think that helped us. 
Did y'all ever let the uh, let the South win, or was it always North <laughs> taking the victories here? Um, I think it was both because there were some really good. I think, um, and we had good team names and stuff. We just it was like a a way. Like we had the Regal Lanes in Southern California had like the Labor Day tournament or the Fourth of July tournament. We had the Easter Classic up north. We just you know would travel a lot, and that was when I was really young. So because um, I moved to Oklahoma when I was fifteen, so. From ages to about 12, 13, or 14, I bowled a lot of tournaments against kids who were like 16, 17, 18. So that helped me. Interesting times, man. I uh, I spent a little time myself in, in San Francisco, um, and I, I didn't bowl a lot at the time, but I did practice uh, or at least attempt to. Uh, Shout-out to Albany Bowl and, and El Cerrito um, and the tyrannies there. And I think yeah. I went to uh, – I went to Classic Bowl once in Daly City yep. just to check it out, just to, just yep. to see what could happen. And I, and I practiced a couple times there. Uh, was there any particular venue that, that kind of stood out to you when you think back to, to those times? I know uh, I think you've had a lot of time at Cloverleaf, for example, um, as well. So anything stands out? Yeah, uh, well, I grew up at Cloverleaf Family mm-hmm. Bowl, um, and it was a great bowling center then, and it's a great bowling center now. I had an awesome youth director. My dad bowled three leagues. My mom bowled two leagues. They used to keep score because they didn't have automatic scores, so I made my $5 a night. That was my <laughs> sneaker money. When I got enough weeks going, I could get a new pair of sneakers. Um, but every year I looked forward to in December, there was a 10 gamer on Christmas break at Castle Lanes. It was L&L Castle Lanes and it was where Kim Terrell grew up. I didn't know Kim then. Kim and her sister Sandy, uh, bowled, uh, Castle Lanes in South San Francisco. And they had this big, the parking lot was up on this, uh, next to a rock hill. Like it was I don't know. And we used to put our T-shirts up on the rock, like our bowling center T-shirts. We, so we would claim we were here. So that was always uh, one of my favorite tournaments to bowl. Very cool. Uh, as we're reminiscing about uh, some centers, uh, you guys are talking about California. I'm going to take it all the way to Indiana because I grew up in Indiana. <laughs> uh, you were the 1990 and 1991 PWBA Player of the Year, and you won both events uh in Hammond, Indiana that year at Olympia Lanes. So that was a place I got to bowl a league. I, you know, I had a lot of fun bowling over there. So uh, going back to those events, what, what are a few things you can tell us about that event and things about Hammond you you may uh, may remember that I can potentially <laughs> learn more about my home area? Hmm. <laughs> well, the hotel was directly across the street from the bowling center that we stayed at. So um, that Dynasty. was the- First thing I remember, there's a White Castle hamburgers not uh, very far. <laughs> I had my very first White Castle hamburger when I uh, went to uh, Hammond when I was very young. Um, the lane conditions for those two particular tournaments were really hard. For some reason, I, I felt like I wasn't going to do well. That there, I think it was longer oil. Uh, I had trouble getting my ball to hook. So I was always panicked when I couldn't get my ball to hook. Um uh, I have two things that probably aren't so good about those tournaments. This is bad. I want to share fun, fun (laughs) stories, but um, these are just real life, true stories. But um, one small thing, I never got my trophy from the second year that I won there. So I don't have a, I don't have a trophy. So I'm not sure what happened to it. I think someone was supposed to mail it and uh, I'm not sure what happened to it. 
So I'm sad about that. Um, and the other thing is a terrible story, actually. There was an older gentleman who would was watching me bowl at that tournament. And on the TV show, he was standing in the back with all of his friends. And he said, that's my girl. That's my girl. And a friend of mine said, how do you know her? Like, you know, she, she could hear what he was saying. And, and uh, he said, that's my girl. She doesn't know it, but that's my girl. And he sent some candy to the hotel. And, you know, I was rooming by myself and I was probably 23. So it was a little weird. And my friend said, she's not your girl and you should, you know, back off or whatever. And they took him out of the bowling center. So they took him out of the bowling center. And the next week we bowled in Rockford, Illinois. And we didn't, we used to get mail because we didn't have computers or, you know, there was no internet then. So we used to get mail every week and I was bowling practice session and Fran Wolf brought me my mail and I opened up this envelope and this man, I'm assuming, had cut up all these pictures and put them in the envelope and mailed me this envelope of all these pictures of myself cut up in little pieces and totally freaked me out. I dropped it and, you know, someone came over. And so there was like a little beware of this mm -hmm. situation because we were in Rockford. So it wasn't very far from yep. uh, hand. Sure. So um, it's just kind of scary to, to have something like that happen to you. And that um, nothing ever happened. So it was just kind of scary, but nothing ever happened. Okay, got to watch out for those guys from Northwest Indiana, apparently. Yeah, so. I don't know if his name was Smith or what, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, not me. Not me. <laughs> it was before your time, Aaron. Long time ago. I mean, just yeah, just on a on a quick note. I mean, I I know, and you've mentioned a couple of things that this you know during this time that that uh, I think about, and I know the the players on tour think about, and Tennille is very good about. Uh, kind of making sure players are thinking about those things is, you know, cause you just never really know, you, you don't know. And, you know, it, it is important to be aware, uh, in that regard. Yeah. And I think that's the, the good thing and the bad thing about bowling, bowling centers, excuse me, because we are accessible to the fans and they can come right up to us even while we're competing, you know, and, uh, I think it's something that the players have to be aware of um, to be polite and to know your space and your surroundings. But I also think it would help if there, you know, were some separation, not just for uh, protection, but for consideration of how you're playing. You know, like if you are struggling and you do need some time, you know, you need to be able to get away so that you don't misrepresent yourself and the PWBA and the athletes so that you are considerate of the fans and stuff. But that's always been something that we struggled with, with bowling and there's really not much you can do about it. And you just have to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on from Indiana. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Start with Mike Aldi reference. Here we go. But, uh, let's move to another, uh, another winning moment though. So we'll, uh, we'll jump ahead a few years. Uh, 2011 U S women's open, uh, the finals held in Cowboys Stadium, Jerry's World. Obviously a uh, a big win. And uh, I got a clip queued up here for your final shot. And I'm not going to lie, when I watched this a little bit earlier today, this is the stuff I really like to see. So, like, I was getting a little emotional watching it, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen. But uh, this is definitely one of, the, uh, one of the great moments in U.S. Women's Open history. So 
Uh, we're going to go ahead and share the final shot and the, uh, the hug from Barrett. Yeah. Did you throw a ball in Jerry Jones's office? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we got to go to the locker rooms and everything. It was fun. Dave Lamont on the call. There oh, he is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he says, Can I bowl? Can I bowl? <laughs> I don't see why not. We'll keep him on. <laughs> he was so good. My friend Rosie Cruz uh, was had him in the in the off area and he was watching and he was so good and he was just perfect. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome, I, and you know a lot of great pictures came from that from that moment, that embrace, uh, just uh, you know bowling in that atmosphere, bowling in that environment. Uh, what was it like to uh, you know even coming in there the first time? I've been around enough of the special settings where you get the opportunity to bowl in it, but bowling in in Cowboy Stadium. I mean, just what was what was going on there? Yeah, it was really cool, and um, the BPA and. Uh, USBC did a great job because they let us all come in early in the day. You know, we had shorts and t-shirts on and they let us bowl and get acclimated. They gave us a tour of the stadium. They let us play catch. So uh, Gary and Barrett and I were out there playing catch and that we got to goof around and just become acclimated and not walk out there to be like, wow, all at once, you know? So they did a great job making us feel comfortable. And so it wasn't so overwhelming when we did bowl. So and then um, Gary just gave me a really good pep talk. He said, just enjoy this. You know, it's really cool for our family. And, you know, don't think about it and just enjoy what you're doing. And um, I had never really thought of it that way before because, you know, I was often by myself and it was just focused on that and not the experience. And I had never bowled in any of our arena finals. We had, you know, a, a few arena finals in the mm -hmm. years past, but I had never made any, so I wasn't used to any of that. Um, so I think I just really just tried to relax and um, was on the another, you know, on the fortunate end of it, another one of those like story type things, right? I mean, you know, as great as Kelly bowled the whole week and she led by a couple hundred pins, she deserved to win the tournament. I had been in that situation many times. I've have led the U.S. Open a couple times and lost. So I know that that can happen, and I know that it's not fair, but I know that it evens out, and it evened out for me um, in Dallas, and uh, it really was a great story and probably our, my most sentimental um, memory from my whole career. Yeah, that, that – uh, I didn't think I was going to be emotional, and I've seen it too, but, you know, I think – a, I did get emotional, and B, I think probably more so because now I'm I'm imagining me doing something like that to have the opportunity to pick up my son. So, yeah. it, it, it's funny how life works. It's a great, <laughs> like that. it's a great memory, and just to hear his voice at that age is it makes me you know tear up and everything. I just um, 
it was really just the perfect, um, perfect day for us. And it was just a great memory. And, you know, he thinks he won the U S open to this day. So (laughs) he should keep that too. As long as he lives. Yeah. I let him. It's fine with me. Um, transition a little bit from a, from a team USA perspective. Um, you were on team USA as a rookie, uh, in, in 2012, and uh, you got a chance to compete at PAPCON, and now you've represented the United States uh, from in senior competition in 2017 and 2019. Uh, any favorite moments uh, you know, from your opportunities to represent uh, the country in international competition? Uh, well, it's much easier to represent the senior Team USA. And, uh, you know, I was a one-time uh, Team USA on the adult team in like 2012 I tried out and then I was I was picked but it was very nerve-wracking and I I don't think I performed that well you know and I was older than the girls on the team and they had bowled together and stuff but I was really nervous to perform and um it really enjoyed my experience and learned a lot um but those girls are really good and the way they do it for the team chemistry and all that and uh I I enjoyed it but it's a lot easier being on senior team USA and representing the country in a little less stressful uh, atmosphere. Fair point. Fair point. Um, obviously throughout all these wins and trophies and except the one from Hammond in 91. Um, <laughs> Maybe you can I, look for that. I, I'm, I'm, I got people, I got people there. I'll, I'll talk to them. Um, but uh, you know, are you kind of a collector of things uh, from your wins? Uh, you know, we, we talked to Kelly, we talked to Liz last week, and they had a few bowling balls saved from big events and uh, small things here and there. So are, are you, do you like collecting, uh, you know, or keeping a little mementos from each one? I do. I have, uh, I always thought, I always dreamed that I would have a big house with a trophy room with all my trophies. And now I do have a house, not not super big, but I I could have a room with all my trophies, but I don't. I, I have them. I have a couple of them in my office. I have the U.S. Open and the Queens, and my last title um, before that, which was um, in Pennsylvania. I have that a uh, pretty crystal trophy, and I have a cool one from Atlanta. And then just recently, I was able to because uh, I had moved a couple times in the last ten years. I had some still wrapped up and I was able to take them all out and uh, I found some really, really cool trophies that I, I have all of my trophies except for Hammond, but um, I reminisced and looked at them all and I want to get a case together and stuff, but I I have a lot of mementos, you know, like program books and um, souvenir type things and towels. They used to make up, you know, towels for the events and stuff. So I have, I do have a lot of mementos. I have a plastic tub of shirts and towels and memories and any trinkets that were gifted to me. And um, I do because I envision myself as an 80 year old grandma, you know, reminiscing and sitting in my house and looking at everything. So, yeah. I have one follow up to this and it could get me in trouble. Uh Uh-oh. <laughs> what you mentioned, like you know, the, some of the memorabilia programs and, and you know trinkets and whatnot. If there is one item, or maybe there's a couple items that you thought were cool that you received uh, at that point in time, that 
you know, maybe could be cool today uh, and that we could give out on tour or we could give players, for example, uh, what might be an item or two like that? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to look in my tub and see. I'll have to dig back for you, and I'll 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 shoot you a little message. But um, we used to make T-shirts, and I know we have T-shirts now, PWBA. But often the bolt the events would have T-shirts, and they would sell them for the pro am. And so kids would we'd bulk kids pro ams, and they would all have the white T-shirts on with PWBA, Hammond, Indiana, you know, stuff like that. So that was kind of cool, and. Um, I think the, you know, the host used to do uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of cool things, but we used to go back to a lot of the same centers year after year after year, like, especially on our fall tour, we went to um, princess lanes in Pittsburgh every year and they had, you know, hundreds of pro-ams and then Delaware had a a ton of pro-ams and Baltimore had a lot of pro-am entries. So they kind of learned the more they would host the tournament, they would learn um, of cool things to do and everything. But, um, I have to look and see if I can find some mementos and uh, I'll shoot you a picture and, and let you know about those things. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, yeah, if you get in trouble because, you know, I'm either going to create work for myself or for someone else. <laughs> That's all right, but it's worth it because then, you know, in years from now, you'll be talking to the next, uh, you know, old person and they can tell you all the stuff that they collected from your days and you'll feel good about it. Uh, absolutely. That's immediately something I thought about like, Hey, I wonder what could be, what could translate to, you know, to this point and what could work. So I, I can tell you that I've signed a lot of bowling pins, like the ones behind you. We've often have had bowling pins commemorative of events and they do that now. Uh, I c- couldn't tell you how many bowling pins I've signed in my life. So I'm sure there's a bunch of those out there. Indeed. I have a follow-up from that because when I was going through the photos today from the 2011 U.S. Women's Open, I found a photo of a signed football by all of you. Do, do you still have that around? Or And this goes out to the Bull TV community, too. That that has to be one of a kind out there. So do they let you guys keep any of the footballs or were those to give out to the fans? I'm, I'm kind of curious what happened to uh, – to you know what? I don't have a football. I have a bowling pin of all of us sign. That's I have it right next to my trophy. I have the five of us on that, but I don't have unless it's in my bin. But I don't have it on display. And I, we're a football family, so I would sure have a football on display if 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 I had it. So I don't think I have that. I have the from that tournament. We got a big Gatorade towel. And I have all of the stuff that I received from that tournament. I have the ticket stub and the lanyard and the guest pass. And I have um, my two best friends, Kim and Lauren, uh, made a big uh, commemorative with a photo of of the three of us and the Bowler's Journal article. uh, And they made a big thing and they have the emblem. We got a lot of trinket, uh, a little pin. So I have all that in a in a nice frame in, in our office. Very cool, but yeah, we gotta find that football. That football. I'll look for it. I'll cool. look in my bin and see if I have it. Oh, it's a bull TV community. If someone randomly has a, <laughs> along with the nineteen ninety one Brunswick Open trophy. <laughs> yes, the missing the, Leanne's missing uh, memorabilia. Well, we got a we got a couple more questions, um, and we'll get to at least two. We have two chat questions that we definitely want to get to mm-hmm. uh, as well, and we're, and we're doing good on time. Aaron and I tend to run over. Uh, past an hour and we didn't even ask you earlier was did you have anything to do do you, do you have some projects do we need to get you out of here at a decent time today no i'm good <laughs> i'm i'm happy because uh admittedly um 
you know, at Storm, my job is marketing coordinator and I work on a lot of our events, uh, sponsorships and our events and all of our events have been canceled. So um, like last week I was, I volunteered for spring cleaning and I was painting the, some of the doors downstairs and doing some, just some helping out. Um, so we're trying to plan for the future, you know, for some future events. Our SYC Storm Youth Tournaments have been canceled and Junior Gold was, you know, canceled. So a lot of the things that we're involved with that I work on uh, throughout my week have all been canceled. So it's a little bit depressing for me um, that I don't have a lot to do because I'm not really good at being bored and I'm not really good at trying to create things. I'm more of the do all the things once they've been outlined. I'm the task person. So I'm happy to talk to you guys. And if you, you know, need another fill in down the road, I'd be happy to chat again. <laughs> well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're, you're going to be on again. Uh, we, we talked about football. It was mentioned. I know you're a 49ers fan. I know yes. you're the family is a 49ers family. Um, so can they make a return to the Super Bowl? And then just what was the, the mood and the atmosphere, um, you know, for, not only for yourself, but obviously other fans who are 49ers fans for the run to get to the Super Bowl last season? Oh, I thought you were going to say what was the mood in the fourth. No, I won't. I won't. Go. I won't go there. But because I, I can't imagine it was fun. We had it. We had it. We had it. And I don't know what happened. I'm like, that little Mahomes, he just. <laughs> We couldn't get him. We had our hands on his feet, and he just got out of our grasp. It was so close. It was so sad. I was so depressed. Um, I love the 49ers. I've loved them since Joe Montana a long time ago, and I haven't ever been a bandwagon. I've been a 49ers for the last crappy so many years. I wear my 49ers shirt on the weekends. I try to teach Barrett about loyalty, and um, it's not working with him. I thought it would come through <laughs> this year because we made it back to the Super Bowl, so I thought he would see that the, it pays off. But he's so fickle. We do a family fantasy football draft, and every year we've been doing it for 10 years now, and he's won three out of the last four family football leagues that Ooh. we have. And he drafts his own team, and he makes his own changes, and he is so fickle. So uh, – he likes whoever's on his fantasy team. And then, you know, we have to buy him new t-shirts and all that. But um, the 49ers, I think, have good chemistry right now. We lost a few players. I think uh, Sanders, and I'm not I'm not up on all that stuff, mm -hmm. but I know we made a good couple draft picks. And I think we have good chemistry. And I think we'll, um, I think the Rams, I don't know what happened to the Rams. They kind of like yeah. lost it. I mean, so we kind of get a gift there in our division. So I like our schedule. I did just look at our schedule, and I think we're going to be like eight and zero, maybe seven and one in the first half, and I think we'll be good. I love this confidence. This is fantastic. Yeah, be, you know, <laughs> I'll take it if they're if they turn out if something bad happens. You know, I'm still the fan, and I know it comes around. But I love football. Our family loves football, and uh, hopefully, we'll be watching it this year. Emil, any predictions on the Bears record? You know, I wasn't trying to go there, but, you know, I, I, we can relate to Leanne in regards to years of just uh, yeah, non-competitiveness. Um, I'm curious because I've seen uh, I've seen Barrett in like some Golden State Warriors gear before in, in photos. So yeah. uh, from a basketball perspective or even football, does he have a team or is it literally just he's, he's going from back to back? And then is it the Warriors from a basketball perspective? 
It is, and I think that's a little bit bandwagony because he, you know, they were they've been good the last couple of years, you know, and they haven't been good. But he doesn't know that they used to not be very good. Um, but he, when we we have a lot of events that we travel to in the summer, so he goes to my brother, uh, my brother and his wife live in California, and he goes there for a couple of weeks, and my brother spoils the crap out of him <laughs> and he takes him to giants games and he takes him to warriors games and he so he has been a very lucky kid as far as attending sporting events and he went to the warriors playoff game last year it's last year i don't know recently mm-hmm. he went to game six and so he's just spoiled and uh he hasn't wavered he likes the dude from milwaukee who's the Giannis. He likes Giannis for some reason. He's got a Giannis T-shirt that he wears, um, but he's a Warriors guy, so he hasn't jumped off of that yet. <laughs> well, I, 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 this could be good news for Bear, but there there is potential talks. I'm a basketball guy, but you know, there's rumors out there that Golden State could be they're they're working toward acquiring or making a trade for Giannis at some point. So this really could work out. Really, <laughs> for for wow. for Bear. A lot has to go right, and like wow. Milwaukee not winning a title, <laughs> or basketball not going back, unfortunately. But it mm. could be it could be in the cards for Bear. I'll have to mention that to him. <laughs> I'm sure he'll say, "I know, mommy," because you know he's up on everything. He has this little ticker on his iPad that gives him all the the NBA news. But um, yeah, Bear, Bear is my guy. We got to talk. Currently, very much into basketball. Yes, he just got a little basketball hoop for his birthday, and he's in the driveway, and he plays constantly. So, who knows? Excellent, Aaron. Well, would you like to get to a few comments in the chat? Yeah, let's do that. Except Daniels, it's not go Spurs go. What's that all about? Let's Uh, do that. We'll start with Chris here. and going back, Chris is a longtime fan here on Bull TV and knows when to take his shots. So, um, as, a, as a 180 <laughs> from the unfortunate moments tied to Aaron's home region, do you have a, any favorite fan moments? Um, hmm. I don't know that I have. You know what? One, the first thing that comes to mind is that I was bowling a, a pro am in Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh and I bowled with an older gentleman and his son. And he asked me if I knew he's a bowling fan. He's been around a while and he knows he keeps up on his stats and in facts. And he asked me if I knew Vesma Grinfelds cause she was from San Francisco and I was from the California. And I said, I do know Vesma. And he said, I met Vesma a long time ago. And he told me they had a friendship. And um, so he and I have kept a friendship for a very long time. And he and his wife, Um, I've always kept in touch with them and every time I'd go to Pittsburgh, I would see them. And then we bowled the U S open in Columbus a couple of years ago. And he and his wife drove from Pennsylvania to come have lunch with us. And they watched us bowl a little bit, Kim and I, and, um, to this day, I still keep in touch with him. His, unfortunately, his wife just passed away, um, Hmm. the last couple of weeks. So I have I've spoken to him quite a bit. I think he's 82 years old. And I think you just never know who you're going to meet at a tournament. And a a fan might become a lifelong friend. And um, you just have really good memories. And you shouldn't, you should just, when I was younger bowling pro-ams, it was hard for me to 
be the outgoing one because I was a shy kid. So it's hard for me to say, oh, hi, how are you? Or, oh, you know, like I would just be polite and, you know, cheer them on and give them five and stuff. But I, over my career, I learned to reach out and ask people and talk to them and see where they were from or what they did for a living. And, you know, like you never know who you're going to meet. And I think that I, I I haven't met anyone who's, you know, like I have a great memory or some famous person or something like that, but I've just really, I've made a lot of friends around the country um, from bowling pro-amps, you know, and just re really enjoy getting to know people. And then you, you keep in touch with them and you just make lifelong friends around the country. That is a fantastic story. Thank you, Leanne, for sharing that. Thanks. Thank you, Chris, for the question. Uh, we have one more question from Gary Ryan. He would like to know, how did you and Gary meet? Uh, that's a good question, Gary. Gary's with, uh, he's our friend in Houston. He's with the American Wheelchair Bowling Association. Um, Gary and I met when the tour ended. Um, it was still WIBC and ABC. So Gary worked at bowlersparadise.com. And he asked Kim Terrell, to go work the that booth and she couldn't because she was working for like lens uh, or usbc i think she was the collegiate spokesperson so she couldn't go and she said let me ask leanne i'm sure she can go so kim and i went to wichita and that's where the um convention was that year and we worked the booth for them and i just got to know him and i thought he was really funny and we all went to dinner marcy williams and kim and Gary and I, and we were both, you know, living in Northern California. We had never met before at all. We knew all the same people. We bowled all the same tournaments. He grew up in San Jose. I grew up in Fremont. They're like 20 miles apart. And we never uh, knew each other. He worked for Ebonite at, at one point. He was a salesman. He bowled on tour. Um, I was a staffer. We just never knew each other. And then uh, we met. So we met later in our life and uh, we just, it was a good time, I guess. Perfect timing. That's very awesome. Kim with the assist. Kim, uh, she's, she's got the responsibility there. <laughs> I, I, love, I love Gary. Uh, we'll get back to it. I, I, uh, it's, it's funny because every time we get a chance to either see each other or, or talk, I feel like I've never really had a full conversation with him because I'm, either always doing something at that particular mm -hmm. time. I think yep. the last time I saw him was at the U S open in, uh, North Carolina and I was eating <laughs> and he came up and it was like, a. I think we even did the elbow tap, which is now, you know, the way you Common. should shake someone's hand right. uh, in, in, in the situation because I was eating. But one day, Gary, we will, uh, have a full conversation. I look forward. To. I just learned so much about him from what I you just you said. Should, you should just plan plan an extra day, and you two should have a meal together, and then not uh, not have to go somewhere. And then I'm going to do that. Enjoy and chit chat. I think you would enjoy each other's company. I'm, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. All right, Aaron. I know this is a question you like. It's <laughs> coming up. True. I, uh -oh. I tell my Gary Holsenberg story though. Uh oh, oh yeah, let's hear it. Hear okay. My, I think I was put into an awkward situation because I had never met Gary until the 2015 Junior Gold Championships, which was sponsored by Storm at the time. So they had kind of set up different guests to be in the booth. And so I, it was towards the end of qualifying. So it was like the time when, uh, you know, the Junior Team USA was getting selected and uh, are getting, you know, finalized and moving on to match play and all that stuff. And Gary was uh, supposed to 
be in the booth with me. So I'm I'm kind of like you, Leanne, where I'm a little bit shy at first. I'm really not a talkative person in general. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I have this guy who I, I know the name, but I didn't know him at all. And I had one of the most just genuine, fun conversations ever. And I had never met the guy before. And from right then and there, I, I just knew that I'm like, all right, Gary Halsenberg, cool dude. So um, he's, he's a people person. He is 100%. So he's the I, opposite of me. I'm the shy one. He's the outgoing one. But I was always very appreciative of him. And there is a fly. Oh, my goodness. Matt's going to love this part. He said it was going to it's going to come and get me at some point. Uh, it's been in the house all day. But uh, it, it's really buzzing in front of me right now. Be sure to clip this for uh, uh, blooper <laughs> reels. Yeah, I'll take real. Uh, he did it on purpose, you know. He sent he him did. over there to you. But uh, I've, I've always been very thankful for Gary for that moment. And now since Matt, oh, that's since, nice. since Matt cursed me with this fly, uh, I know you know Matt, our, our colleague, very well. Uh, if you had a favorite Matt Canizaro story to share with us. Oh, you know what? I love Matt. <laughs> he's, uh, he's always super kind to me. I don't have any, I have, I have no funny stories or I've learned more from Matt from when he was on the show. I, I, I enjoyed that. And I had a lovely dinner with Matt in Albuquerque at our favorite Carabas restaurant. And Matt came to Utah not too long ago. He made like a little day trip because he had to get some more miles for his frequent flyers. So that was nice that he, <laughs> he surprised us and uh, we had him over for a little dinner. And uh, anyway, yeah, I love Matt. Just like you guys. Indeed. Indeed. Maybe not Aaron right now because of the whole fly situation. <laughs> Um, it, it, took, it was good for the first hour. <laughs> you can't see it. No one can see it. It's just you. All right. Uh, final, <laughs> final question time, Eric? Uh Yeah, let's get to it before this fly tortures me. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, Leanne, obviously, in quarantine times, a lot of opportunities to catch up on shows and uh, uh, enjoy some time with the family. So, for you, what are the Holsenberg family binge watch recommendations? Oh, geez. Let's see. Um, well, my all-time favorite TV show is Friends, so Barrett will sit with me and watch Friends quite a bit, and that's always fun for me. Um, we like to watch Shark Tank. We don't Good have show. any, like, Netflix shows that we've, like, we've gone into, so we're pretty much just boring old network TV. We watch, and we have a 11-year-old now, so we, you know, we can't get out there too much. The worst thing we probably watch with him is Criminal Minds. We all really like Criminal Minds, <laughs> and that gets a little gory sometimes, so I'm probably a bad mommy for letting him watch that, but um, he likes it, so maybe he's going to be like a detective or something, you know, if uh, sports doesn't pay off for him. Um, we also like single parents and... Uh, American housewife, you know, just a good old fashioned comedy. And, uh, so nothing, you know, nothing too deep, nothing, uh, just good, lighthearted fun. My favorite dorky show is, uh, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. And Gary hates it, but Barrett and I will watch those. <laughs> we, we could watch uh, dog videos and that all day long, but Gary gets very annoyed with us. So, <laughs> The the uh, I assume that well I guess any any year version of that show is going through a couple of kind of reboots if you will but I yes. know uh, Alfonso Ribeiro is doing his thing with that show now. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same show year after year. 
the kids, the kids and the dogs are the best ones. And I don't know how people don't get hurt with some of the videos that are on there. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, Aaron, final thoughts. Uh, just, uh, once again, a big thank you, Leanne, for joining us here on the PWBA podcast. It was definitely fun to, uh, sit down and chat with you. It's always a pleasure. And obviously we're, uh, we're big fans of what, uh, you and the team are doing over at storm and events like the storm youth championships are, are so, so awesome. So, uh, just, uh, continue to stay safe and we, uh, we hope to see you on the lanes, uh, sooner rather than later. You guys too. Thank you so much for asking me. I really appreciate it. And I love, this is the stuff that I hope after all this is over and we're back out on the lanes and, and busy in our lives, but I hope we can continue, continue to do these cool things and let you guys are great with the players. I think it's great for the fans to get to know our players. And um, I think all the shows that everyone's doing are so cool and everyone hopefully will be back out on the lane soon. I hope stay safe. Absolutely. Thank you, Leanne. I want to thank all of our guests, uh, or excuse me, our viewers and listeners today on Bold TV. Thanks for the questions, of course, as well. Um, this has been episode 13 of the PWBA podcast. Join us on Wednesday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time. We will have uh, uh, the reigning Queens champion and, of course, shot 300 in Louisville last year. So uh, get a chance to catch up with Dasha Kovalova uh, and talk about some of her recent accomplishments here uh, on Wednesday. So for Aaron Smith, uh, Leanne Holsenberg, of course, my name is Emil Williams Jr. This has been episode 13 of the PWBA podcast on Bowl TV. Have a good day, folks. Mm-hmm.